This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Working our way towards the main event, of course, at the top of the marquee tonight, UFC 282 in Las Vegas. Jan Blahovich taking on Magomed Ankalaev. We'll break that down and everything else fighting with good friend, dear friend of the show. He is Manfred Joss from MMA, lock of the night. Before we get too far into this, Everybody's been asking me, what's my lock tonight, right? Like, they need a little bit of money, right? So what, what can I tell them who's definitely going to win? Boy, I told my boss. I told my brother-in-law. I told my best friend. I told my BT. Now I got to ask you if I'm right about this. I love Drakish Depuesi tonight against Darren Till. Darren Till, what's the word I'm looking for here? He sucks. He hasn't really won a fight. I don't consider the Gaslam <laughs> fight a win. That fight harsh. was so Gaslam. Bro, it's been four years. It's been five fights. You, you, you think that Darren Till has a chance to win that fight tonight? Man, the funny thing is when I did my own podcast this week, that was the fight that I went longest on, but I have no action on it because I'm so confused about it because we don't know what kind of Darren Till we're going to get. His last fight against Derek Brunson, he went in with the torn ACL, couldn't stop takedowns, obviously got beat down and finished, but we have to take that into consideration. And also the fact that he's turned his training camp on his head. He's gone over to uh, Sweden and trained with Hamza, gone for the past eight weeks to Thailand and sp- uh, spending time between Bang Tao Muay Thai and Tiger Muay Thai. So, yeah, I, I really don't know what to say. My prediction was Drake is Duplessis. I think that he's the more active, more reliable fighter at this point in time. But Till is such a question mark at this point in time that I just want to sit back and wait. Like, I don't know what it is about me. I'm a Darren Till fan. But I just want to sit back and watch this fight as a fan. As a prediction gun to my head, I'll leave with you there, Sean. I think that uh, Duplessis does get this done. By the way, real quick, uh, Mitzi, before you fire your question, uh, Chris Curtis by knockout of Joaquin Buckley. Wow. Yep, just watch right down, play out. right down the pipe. Crazy. Big left, mm. left hand to knock out Buckley. Good fight between both of them. Really entertaining. Block the kick, hit him with the, uh, the, the straight left down the pipe, and then uh, finish oh. that puppy off for him. Woof. Uh, Manpreet, main event tonight. Uh, not what we were expecting, obviously. There's uh, been some turnover on this. Uh, we were you know, supposed to get Yuri versus Glover. Glover didn't want to fight. Uh, Magomed and to me that's kind of my signal like look if the guy doesn't want to fight you for a title when you have a title fight out there I get you could go out there and say hey matchups Clover you're 100 years old you've seen every matchup there is to know to me that signals I don't really want that smoke from a guy like this um, him versus Jan it's also now a five round fight I, I, I just I don't want to feel like I'm disrespecting Jan because he's a former champion but I, you know I get why Magomed is the favorite that he is do you 
Oh yeah, I, I really think that we're about to enter the the Magomed on Kalive era, and I've been saying it all week. It is guaranteed to last longer than the Leota Machida era for anybody that gets that reference. But I, I do really like the uh, the Ankalaev side here. And, and just talk about Glover real quick. I'm okay with him passing up on this fight, right? Like you said, he's 100 years old. Time is limited. Probably has one or two fights left in him. And to have a matchup chain on, change on you that short notice and be a completely different matchup. You're talking about going from a wild striking man to a disciplined Russian who can strike with the best of them and then take you to the ground and be okay dealing with your jiu-jitsu as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to give Glover any um, any shade there. But, uh, yeah, Uncle Ive, he's he should roll tonight. I have no doubt about it. Maybe the Polish power shows itself, but I really do think that Uncle Ive has the discipline and all the tools to remain safe in this matchup and either knock out Blachowicz late or grind this out to a 25-minute decision. We are entering the Ankalaev era, according to Manfred Joss from MMA Lock of the Night. How about our friend of the show? He joined us earlier in the first hour. Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell, taking on Ilya Taporia. What's your early lean in this one? Uh, I got some action down on Taporia myself. Uh, I, I waited for the right time, though. Like, I, I saw him around minus 180 earlier this week. I thought that line was a little bit too wide. I saw him get down to minus 130, and I took the shot there, and I was back up to that minus 160, minus 170 range. I like what I see from the kid. Is he's known initially for his grappling as well, but has improved his striking, and you see it on display over his last couple fights. Uh, Bryce is going to be a tough out, but I think that Tuporia has a good enough ground game to deal with that Bryce Mitchell pressure, get back to his feet, get back to his hands, put him out cold. Tuporia takes another step closer to being in the top five of that featherweight division. What do you think is grosser, man, pre eating a raw egg shell and all out of a chicken or eating ants? Because he told us that he hates both of those things. Oh, my God, dude. Do we do I have to pick one? Can I just can I'm I just, just starve to death? What, what would you what would you <laughs> if you had to eat one to survive? What is the one you would go with? Because I went raw I egg earlier in the show and it was pretty awful. I I go raw egg myself, honestly. The ants, I can't do that. You know, what I mean, I, you got to make sure you kill them right away, otherwise you just feel them running around in your mouth. That would be oh. disgusting. So we're going with the raw egg instead. Yeah, I think you got the option right, which is just don't worry about it and just don't eat for a while. Um, speaking <laughs> of a guy who's been eating so far in the UFC, Patty Pimblett, although it's not always smooth sailing for him, he takes on Jared Gordon tonight at plus two twenty. I haven't really heard a lot of people that are playing the underdog Flash Gordon tonight. I don't know if that's because they don't believe in him, they don't believe in his style against Patty, or they just don't want to actually put their money against Patty because he's one of those guys. You want to yell, oh, Patty the Patty, along with everybody else when he walks in. So what is it about Patty, and are you putting money down on him tonight? Patty's a, a great character. And that's kind of like where it stops for me, man. Like you see in his three UFC appearances thus far, he's faced adversity in all three of those fights, but managed to come back and get the win. But Jared Gordon is a toss, uh, a tough tested veteran of the UFC seven and four record with the big promotion. This is going to be his 12th fight. Uh, he's a rugged guy. He has been finished in all of his losses in the UFC, but we're talking about, you know, Charles Oliveira and uh, Carlos Diego Fajardo, high level talent in that division. Patty's been defeated in the past. People are acting like he's this mythical creature. Like he lost to Nad Naramani, who had a cup of tea in the UFC and is no longer with the promotion either. So he has lost to other guys in the past. And I think that Jared 
Jared Gordon, my dog of the night personally, I think he rolls in this matchup. If he can stay safe early, he will be able to grind Patty Pimblet out and, and take this into deep waters and maybe channel some Illy, uh, inner Billy Q from earlier in the event today where he can maybe finish him late on. Uh, but uh, I like Gordon here. Plus 217 is the number that I got myself earlier this week. If you can still get above plus 170, plus 160, I think you're getting a damn good bargain there. So, uh, yeah, I think we see the Patty the Batty train get derailed. There was Molly McCann last month in MSG. It's going to be Patty the Batty this month in uh, in Las Vegas. Sorry for any stoolies out there. <laughs> it, it, let's just say he doesn't, though. Let's say that he does pull off this win. What do you think his ceiling is, man? For you? Like, do you think this is a guy? You know, people are obviously going to make the McGregor comparisons. But like that, that McGregor title run was so one of the most special things in the sport because you think about the names that he beat, the way that he was doing it. I don't know if anybody could ever catch lightning in a bottle like that. But do you feel like this guy could make himself one of? Is, is there a potential that he could be that kind of a pay per view draw, or just think he just doesn't have the skills to be that? He was gonna be that guy back in 2016. Like he went during Connor's peak in the UFC. People were talking about Patty. People were begging for Patty to. Hawani show which was like the prime show at that point in time and he was getting the rub but apparently from what I heard I could be wrong on this but I heard that he turned down UFC contracts because he wanted to earn more from them he goes let me go out there get a couple more wins and demand uh, demand the respect and get more money and then he goes on and loses his next fight to Nadir Amani most of the steam getting off of his name at that point managed to scrape together I think three and one over his last four and then get to the UFC but uh yeah, his ceiling, I, I don't think, is that high. He's a great personality. He's fun. Keep him in fun fights. He can make a title a title run if he wants, especially if he wins the matchup tonight. But he is going to get derailed in his next two fights max. I don't think he can hang with the top of this division. He's a great, fun fighter, entertaining fighter, fan favorite. But that's the best he's going to do, in my opinion. Naturally, Manpreet, he gets a lot of comparisons to Sean O'Malley. Sean, though, it's a little bit different. Like, he took the slow roll, had the fun fights, and then all of a sudden he had top 10 fights, and then all of a sudden it was, hey, if you win this fight against Piotr Jan, which say what you will. I mean, you could that one definitely could have gone to the judges. Either way, I had money on O'Malley, so I'm not too upset about the way that it ultimately happened. But it feels like Sean, they both kind of let them take time, right? Both those guys. And, Sean, are you surprised that we're actually here? We haven't talked to you since the Piotr Jan fight. Now that we're here and it looks like Sean O'Malley is going to fight his next fight for the belt, are you surprised I'm saying that so soon? Not really. Like the what was what was hindering him was a win over a big name guy, and he got the win. I mean, he seemed a little bit questionable about it himself, even when the decision was read that night. But uh, you know, this is what he needed, and the UFC was waiting for something like this to happen. We have this star; he's bringing in the social media numbers, he's bringing in the YouTube numbers, he's bringing in possibly even pay-per-view buys at this point in time. But now we have him propped up in a spot where he just beat the former challenge or the former champion. Now is the time we insert him into a title shot. The only guy that likely might have something to say about that is Henry Cejudo, who is uh, talking about jumping in and possibly fighting Aljamain Sterling at the beginning of next year. So uh, I could see Sean being okay with sitting on the sidelines and waiting, maybe getting another fight to get his feet wet and upgrade his skills before he fights that literally the top of the division, the champion. Um, but, man, I, I, I am not surprised. This is what he needed. He needed a big-time win. He got it. Here we are. I'm almost kind of surprised that they would put, uh, you know, a fast track to Henry. I get he's the former, you know, double champ. So 
you know, that credential wise, you would say if he comes back, he should fight for the belt again. But I feel like they would there. They have a situation right now where Sean is, you know, is able to be in that top spot. I feel like they would just want to get to that and tell Henry to wait to come back and fight Sean. Like, I feel like that would be the place to go. So you don't lose out on this opportunity. Or I guess you could also look at the reverse of it and say, well, just wait and maybe, you know, he'll just take him on in the summer. But I feel like if you because there's so many questions around Sean O'Malley, now that you're here and he actually has the the right to a title shot, why wouldn't you jump on that instead of, you know, the comeback fight uh, with with Henry? Yeah, I, I'm completely okay with him getting the title shot right now just to catch that lightning in a bottle, essentially, right? Nobody thought he would win that Purion fight, gets his hand raised, now here he sits. But if I was him, I would sit back. I'd let Henry take that fight, just train, sharpen that's uh, tools get uh, sharpen the tools, sharpen the skills, and just get back in there and know that you did your best. You prepared as much as you can to fight a top level guy like Aljamain Sterling or Suhudo, no matter who ends up coming out with the Henry's in that fight, if that's the way that they end up going. Um, but you, you don't want to squander it either. You want to take advantage of this pay per view bump that you're likely going to get with him fighting for a title and potentially even winning it. Go for it. By the way, there's a guy sitting over in the corner of this room, Cheeto Vera, who's raising his hand and he's screaming. He's like, hey, you guys know that I beat that guy. So I'm just, I'm, I'm his mouthpiece right now. Uh, we got Manpreet Josh joining us, good friend of the show, back on Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. It looks like the Conor McGregor lottery goes to Michael Chandler. Not completely official, but it looks like that's ultimately what the fight is probably going to be. If that comes to fruition, how do you see that one going down? Man, I think that is a good matchup for Connor to come back to technique-wise and, and skill set-wise because we know Michael Chandler can get dinged up from the outside. We know Connor thrives when he's able to keep guys at space and then just land that Celtic cross. And Michael Chandler, a guy that has been thoroughly compromised over his last several fights, getting knocked out and finished time and time again, or even just going to war like he did against Justin Gaethje for 15 minutes. That is the type of guy that I think that Connor should come back and fight and uh, uh, just to get his feet wet again. But the, the one that I'm most interested in, and the call-out last week was perfect, Rafael Dos Sanos. The fight that never took place. The fight that caused Nate Diaz to become the star that he is, right? And uh, I thought it was a perfect time. And it wouldn't be a bad time for Conor to take that fight either. You're talking about, a, you know, a, a, an aging Rafael Dos Anjos and uh, Conor McGregor who could potentially take advantage of him slowly slowing down as well. I'd love to see that storyline-wise. I would love to see RDA and Conor. They can build it up perfectly with everything that w went down with UFC 196, I believe, off the top of my head. I think theoretically it's uh it's a great it, it, they're both fun fights and yeah like you look at the Chandler fight that probably is a better matchup for him how much faith do you have in putting your money on Connor now though like beefed up muscle bound Connor McGregor coming off of a broken leg do, are we going to be analyzing every training camp news nugget that comes out just to get oh, yeah. any information we can on him because <laughs> how can we know how can we know what we're going to get bad with him man pre like how much faith would you have in putting money on Connor McGregor with not seeing him in action and knowing he's coming off a devastating injury. 
you need to give me a good enough line. That is always like rule number one. Give me a good enough betting line on Connor, and I think about it. But you, you nailed it, man. Everybody is super analytical when it comes down to f- big fights, right? Oh my God, he skipped the second step when he was going up to the w- scale or something like that. Like people try to come up with anything they can think of. Uh, oh, he was the one that put his hand up for the handshake first. He's broken. Like it's crazy that people come up with these ana- uh, the, these theories as to why a fighter is going to win. The hard facts are you have to go back and watch the fight see how they stylistically match up with their upcoming opponent and then try to make an educated guess based on the odds that the odds makers and bookies are giving you if you give me a good enough price here on conor mcgregor against michael chandler i like anything better than minus 150 i'd probably take the shot on conor because i think he has the chops and the power to still knock out michael chandler and then on the flip side i don't know if michael chandler is even going to be able to reach him with that explosiveness and and reach and and uh, height disadvantage that he's going to be at in this matchup so uh I, nothing i would love to see more than conor come back and get his hand raised so he can get a couple more fights in but uh yeah I, i'm conor mcgregor against michael chandler sign me up this is why I always wait for Manfred's appearance before I actually place my bets because I was ready to unload on Patty the Batty, but I guess Jared Gordon on the underdog money tonight. He is from MMA Lock of the Night. He is Manfred Joss. Coming up next, we give you our final bets, the method to the madness. Let's get parlayed and let's get out of here. You're locked into the BetQL Network. 